But the value is in Joe Budden and what Joe Budden says. Joe Budden is the one that goes viral for his takes. The only time those two have gone viral for their takes is when Maul went at Tory Lanez. That's the only time those two guys went viral. Yo, what's good, your boy, South Reef 706. This is KTSC at Pod, episode 53. I am at this moment the Joe Budden apologist. And we have our usual host, Marcus Sniffles. Uh, AC3 Savage and returning, I feel like she hasn't been here a long time, but for the legend, the uh, DJ is tripping. Yes, I am here. What's up, y'all? We have like applause and all kinds of fanfare. But we're so, any sponsors that would like to support us to get us some technology at the community studio or KTSEF studios, let us know. But anyway, how's y'all's week been going? It's been a week. It's been a week um, gearing up for the Not Your Mama's Memorial Day Playlist Volume 4. So we, hey, we yeah. as in the Ox DJ, we've been in the lab getting ready. So, yeah. I know. Hey, outside is about to open up. So, you know, so we're going to have Back outside is a, is a slogan. So everybody, you know, if you if you have not already been out this, yeah. this Memorial Day, get your ass outside. So. Right now, I'm, I'm moving like a degenerate. I still have not filed my taxes. I I got yelled at earlier. Wow. Um, I had to file an extension. Like my life is in shambles right now. Uh, Mr. Savage, how, how are you doing, man? You know, I think it's time for me to return to the the Savage. Um, I've been doing a lot of soul searching, as y'all know. Uh, lots been going on. Actually, nothing's been going on with my life, but I just kind of feel like I've kind of toned it down, and I should turn it back up. So. I'm going to start turning it back up. So I would like to say oh. Gift Queen was the one that set up Marcus, and she tried to call me out on Twitter. She could suck my dick. And I'm Oh, my something. God. <laughs> so great, 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 great segue into Mr. Sniffles, who for the umpteenth time has been banned from Twitter, suspended. Like, I, you have a problem. I'll shout the King's Rome in the chat. Uh, yeah, what could you please let the people know why your presence from Twitter has been uh you've been censored? I mean, I feel like you're out there with 45, you know, they want to censor you, they want you to be great. Please let us know what's going on, sir. Yeah, I'm kind of uh leaning towards um the Republican side on this. I feel like me being suspended from Twitter again is going to radicalize me because uh my first amendment rights are being violated. I should be able to come on Twitter and say whatever I want, just like everybody else. So I, I'm going to uh Join a 45's lawsuit against uh, big tech companies and the liberals and the left-leaning whoever, so whatever these people are. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of getting kicked off of a platform. It's, it's ridiculous. Stop censoring me. Let me express I, my art. I think Twitter got Marcus out the paint because uh, he, all of his J. Cole slander and then J. Cole put out an album that Marcus would have loved and like now he can't tweet about it. So I think J. Cole may have had something to do with uh, the, the, the immediate ban of Marcus Sniffles. Because it was immediate, like what, like two, three days before the album dropped? Yes. Marcus is gone. So, J. Yeah. Cole slander though? Slander? I don't know what slander. I didn't tweet anything slanderous about him. I, I think that we're keeping it really light here. Let's be honest. We know who our sponsors are, and we know why Marcus was got out of the paint. The squirt master himself. And <laughs> they, they're tired of it, oh, my gosh. You're talking about Anita Baker and wow. uh, Wanda Sykes and all sorts what? of what? Uh, elderly black <laughs> women. And you know what? They just they, they banded together to get rid of you. Wanda know. Sykes? 
was this was, there, was this around the time of WandaVision and premiering? We have fantasies about Wanda Sykes in. I might have slipped something out there. I don't know. Shaka, <laughs> I seen some pics of Shaka Khan the other day. Had me feeling hot, man. I was like, "Woo, buddy, woo, buddy." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I risk COVID. I risk COVID for that one. I risk COVID for that. I ain't gonna lie. I'll take that one. Oh my god. So, anyways, uh, let's let's get to some real stuff. As you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, definitely subscribe. You are check out the shirt. You know what I'm saying. Uh, I feel like Kobe, you know what I'm saying? Kobe was inducted to the Hall of Fame, RIP, him and Gigi, and all the other people lost in that uh, horrific accident. And it's been a long time coming. Like, everybody expected this to happen. Uh, this wasn't a surprise, but the surprising part that we weren't able to get Kobe's uh, Hall of Fame speech on a lot of people were kind of tore up about this. Um, again, he'll be forever immortalized by his play on the court. <clears throat> you know, the mom mentality. Hey, Chan's in the chat. What up, Chan? Uh, gang, <clears throat> It's, it's, it's a great day. Um, I know it's hard for the family. Um, I had some things I want to talk about, but I might not because I know people lose things, but there's context, but whatever. But just real quick, uh, I guess I want to get y'all's quick thoughts on uh, Kobe Bryant uh, posthumously being introduced into the Basketball Hall of Fame. And we'll start with the uh, start with Triples. Mm, of course, happy for Kobe. Um, I actually didn't watch it. I was kind of busy, so I didn't watch it. I, I planned on YouTubing it later, but I think, you know, just from what I saw on the timeline, it was a great full circle moment seeing Michael Jordan, like, give the speech and, and all of that. I think we, we got as best as we can get, got bearing the situation, you know, with Kobe not actually being here. So I think it's dope. Um, it's definitely deserved as well as everybody else that got inducted with Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett. Was it was it Kevin Garnett? Yeah, Kevin Garnett. Yeah. So we, I mean, in my opinion, everybody deserved what they got. So yeah. Yeah, I've heard uh, uh, discussions that this is arguably the greatest Hall of Fame Hall of Fame class ever. I mean, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant all have won MVPs, championships, um, all NBA players. So uh, they're all first team or first uh, ballot Hall of Famers. So. Yeah, I, I didn't really look up to see what other Hall of Fame classes were great, but this is, off the top of my head, this is probably the greatest Hall of Fame class ever. So um, it's it's sad that Kobe's not there. I don't watch these things because I'm not, I'm not watching his wife get up there. I'm not watching his daughter get up there. I'm not watching Michael Jordan cry again. I had a video uh, saved on my now banned Twitter account that I can't go to anymore uh, of Beyonce at the uh, the memorial singing a song and i had it saved on there for like over a year and i was like one day i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna watch it one day i'm gonna watch it. and i just never watched i just can't do i can't do funerals i can't do the sad stuff so i just yeah i can't watch these hall of fame stuff so so i'm gonna go ahead and take it there um first i, I think it was a definitely a great ceremony it's great to honor the life of the late kobe bryant um, definitely a legend. I really wish that people would have appreciated him more while he was here, but we all know how that goes. Everybody loves you when you're no longer here. Um, one of the topics that I know South Breeze was probably going to touch on was people, how long will you continue to bring up? Here we go. You know, the I, I'm just, I'm going to keep it real because I'm pressing yeah, that. Here we go. You know, I took a hard loss a couple of years ago. And I have to be honest with you, like, when you're still trying to deal with that trauma, it could be hard. I couldn't imagine being the wife and, you know, you're constantly hearing about the death of your husband, the death of your daughter. Like, some people are able to kind of get past certain things and then some people aren't. So you just have to be 
really conscious of how they feel about different things. And I've seen her speak out on certain things, like when rappers, rappers even slightly mention him or her in some type of regard. So you just have to be really conscious about their wishes when it comes to it, because I know for me, you know, I lost a father that I was very close with. And, you know, out of nowhere, people, oh, you know, well, you look just like him. Oh, well, he would have liked that you're doing this. Or he would have wanted you to do this. And it's like, look, man, I'm still trying to get over this. It's hard to deal with. So I think it, it's it's good that the Hall of Fame was going to happen. But, you know, when they talk about the, the two-year anniversary of the daughter and, and winning games and different things like that, like some of that stuff, you do probably want to make sure you know how the family's <clears throat> feeling before you – continually bring it up because all it does is rehash all that hurt that you went through. That's just my point. But overall, it was great. You know, I love Kobe while he was like here, um, lived in California from 94 to 98, was a big Laker fan until Kobe got rid of Shaq. But I'm not going to go into that. But I definitely love the fact that he, he, he got more of his flowers that he deserved before he passed. I was going to say Vanessa Bryant, his wife, like made his uh, made her Instagram private because people were being weirdos about it. Like they were tagging her in a bunch of like Kobe videos and Kobe tributes and stuff like that. So uh, I wouldn't appreciate that either. I also don't appreciate gifts, comments. You know, I wish it would stop being a whore uh, in public and in private. Um, also, I, I feel bad for the uh, the other families. And, and it sucks that I have to say like that, but that's kind of what they've been relegated to the other people on that flight on that helicopter ride They're they've been relegated to Colby, Gigi and others. And like, you're just one of the people related to them. You're, you're seeing all this Colby stuff, all this Gigi stuff, all this Vanessa Bryant stuff. And it's just like, well, what about my dad was on that flight? My kid was on that flight. My wife was on, my friend was on there. No one is acknowledging them either, but it's constantly brought up every time I watch ESPN or a basketball game. So I, I I mean, it, it, I don't want to do like what do you feel the most sorry for, but like they're all hurting, but I, I do feel for them because they don't really have that. They don't have a big platform to come out there and be like, hey, you know, what about my husband? What about, you know, the other people on that that flight? Well, it, oh, go ahead, Triples. I was just going to say, I mean, but as a rebuttal, like, do I even want that platform? Like we just in the same breath just say like what Vanessa is going through with people, you know, tagging or doing whatever, like. Do do I want to be constantly reminded that my you know that my husband or my best friend or whoever was an other on that flight? Like for some of them, that may be okay. And I think with like Vanessa Bryant in a sense, like it, it's more of the media. Like the media is doing. I don't think she's request like we 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 heard her say like from the Meek Mill thing. Like she doesn't like it. But I think to speak on Gigi specifically, like. It's still fresh. Like this, this is a, a fresh tragedy. Like that's one. I don't think we'll be 15 years down the line posting a, a comment about the the game that Gigi and won like 120 something to whatever they beat that team. Like I don't think that's going to be a thing down the line. But this is still technically a fresh tragedy. No, you know, no matter how we look at it, like it it, it just happened. It's still fresh. Like you know. Um, Savage just said, like, he lost his father. Like, I lost my mom six six years ago today. And that's still a fresh feeling regardless of if somebody brings it up or whether I bring it up. So I, I don't know. I just think it's a weird, like, mourning and grief is just a weird thing. And, like, 
you you can't control it because who knows? Like, what if seeing Gigi on on Sports Center made her feel happy because like that's what she always wanted? You know, like how do we how do we not know ESPN is respecting the wish that Gigi may have had and they may know on the back end? So it's like it's a catch twenty two. You just never know. Like it could be helping. I think right now we know for sure it's hurting because niggas is tagging her and shit. But I mean, you just never know. Well, my main point was that I do agree it is like the media as well, but I think it's more social media. And and my issue is that people aren't doing it selfishly. They're doing it with the intent to bring attention to themselves. Like they don't really, I'm not saying they don't care, but it's more self-serving than anything. Like you, you see it all the time. And I've said this on Twitter before. Like the I, whenever the idea or thought or possibility that somebody famous is about to pass, we use DMX for example, RIP. People already had tweets drafted up trying to be the number one DMX fan or the first one to get the tweet out, and that's that's self-serving. That that helps nobody. And that's that's kind of the the culture of social media that I I really don't like, and that's kind of what I feel is going on here. Like I get pay respects, but again, remember these are real people. So that's that's kind of the last thing I gotta touch on that. But uh, definitely RP Kobe. Um, well, if we if we real quick and just yeah, go ahead. real quick about the just the the basketball side of it, like Kobe Bryant has had uh, arguably two Hall of Fame careers. Like what he did as number eight and number twenty four, he had like three rings as number eight, two rings as number uh, twenty four. Won an MVP. Um, continuously made All NBA teams, All Defensive teams, all that stuff. So he's obviously the uh, most. I would say the most important and influential and not the best Laker ever, but he's the, he's the face of the Lakers all time. Like he's that guy. When you think of Lakers, you think of Kobe Bryant and something I I actually just finished reading this today. I put it up earlier, this book called three ring circus. If you, if you like basketball, you should read this book. If you like the Lakers, if you grew up watching the Lakers, you should read this book. If you grew up watching the Lakers and you hated the Lakers, you should read this book. There's a lot of good stuff in this book. It's a lot of honesty. And it just goes to show like how much goes into winning championships. Like I was reading this book and there's certain parts in here. And I'm just like, how did they win one championship? There was no reason this team should have won a single championship, but a lot of things had to happen. A lot of small minor things happen. Some people come, some people go, some people get traded, some people sign and don't sign, don't show up. People get hurt. But it's it's a very uh, very telling book. It's very honest. It's a very honest look about like professional sports and everything. So um, I'm probably gonna I'm gonna hit up KJ see if he wants. I know he's a big Laker fan. So if you like basketball or the Lakers or grew up in that era, this is this is one of the best books I've ever read sports wise. We'll definitely have to put that on my things to read list. And I do read for the niggas out here who think I don't. So. Yes. Oh, all right. Yeah, I mean, reading is is always good. Um, definitely learned a lot of things. If you don't know about like uh, prisoner leasing, uh, that's one of you should, one thing you should learn about because uh, I don't know how we turned it back, but the racist podcast is back. But when you're getting in discussions with white people and they're like, "Oh, my family didn't own slaves," blah blah blah. Yes, your family might not have owned slaves, but your family might have leased prisoners essentially resting black people for absolutely no reason than forcing them to work in like mines until they die for pennies. You know what? I have something to speak on when it comes to the racism. The other day I was doing my due diligence and somebody, you know, I just met somebody in public and they were like, Hey, you know, what's your name? And I was like, yeah, you know, I told them my real name, my government. I was like, yeah, my name's Adolphus. 
And then it was like, oh, where did you get that from? Ramadan? I'm like, bitch, how does that sound like Ramadan at all? And the, the old man, his son came and grabbed him. He was like, dad, that's really inappropriate. Th that doesn't even sound like a Muslim name. And I'm like, well, why, why would you do that? Like, do you want to ass whipping in the store or like what, what's going on? I don't shout out to all my uh, Muslim brothers and sisters. Um, but yeah, so I don't know how we got to reading, but oh, real quick. Real quick, hot take. Let me get y'all's uh, perspective on. So everybody's seen. Well, real quick, uh, Trills, What's your favorite Disney movie? Um, well, it's a Pixar movie. Is, is is Toy Story considered Disney? Disney Pixar? Yeah. Okay, Toy Story then. Mr. Savage. Shit. I I would have said Toy Story, but to be different. I'm gonna go with Inside Out. I really like that movie. That's it brought a out a lot one. of emotions, what and is, I actually cried during that movie. It was so sweet. Never seen it. Um, wow! <laughs> Y'all in the chat, let us know what your favorite Disney movies are, real quick. Like, I, I gotta, I gotta say, Marcus, what's your favorite Disney movie? Uh, I'm gonna go with the one I've seen the most, and go with Lion King. Okay, fair choice. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm gonna go non-animated, but I know I have to pick an animated to fit my uh, my argument here. My favorite Disney movie is Heavyweights, which I have been telling Twitter to even make a remake of. I love that movie. make a remake of. I don't care about the cancel culture. Like, make it happen. Um, but if we're gonna go like uh, animated, I'll say The Great Mouse Detective, underrated film. Uh, needs, needs great to Mouse Detective. <laughs> <laughs> The Great Mouse Detective. You know what? The, I'm changing my Twitter name to the Great. The, the Great Mouse Detective, bro. That's probably like, like, like the second thing made on Disney after Vantasia or something. Like one of my old throwback shits. I ain't never seen that before. Wow. Yeah, Disney Plus, if you're listening to the podcast, please add the Great Mouse Detective to your, your queue. Anywho, so there's been this. Wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me Walt Disney didn't even think it was one of his better movies because it's not on the platform and that's your favorite movie? Come on. Hey, I've also I don't been think calling that was Disney. a Disney movie. It is. I 100% is. I'm also calling for Disney. Huh? It was a hooker in the that's... movie or are you talking about Ratatoulin? No, 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 the great mouse detective. Anywho, I need Disney. I need Disney to stop being cowards and release the 4K digital remastered version of Songs of the South. I oh, want God. it. I pay for it. I, I borrow somebody's account. I don't pay for it. I want to see Songs of the South. Y'all had the, the nuts to create this movie. Put it on the platform. Stand put by. It on the, hey, put it on the platform. Anywho, I say that to say this. Uh, I guess Tevin Campbell was getting his flowers. Uh, for his uh, singing or role in the Disney movie, a Goofy movie, and somebody tweeted out some nonsense talking about like uh, these songs are like the greatest, the best Disney songs out, right? And I was like, I've literally never heard anybody say the Goofy movie had the best songs for I have music. Black yeah, niggas yeah. definitely say that. Niggas, niggas what definitely what? Goofy movie. I, I don't I don't believe that. I think that's a Twitter thing. People most likely are gonna say the Lion King, like the Little Mermaid, uh, Frozen, things of that nature, right? Frozen's wow. great. 
That's a great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Not niggas, niggas definitely go up for a goofy movie, like because because it's Tevin Campbell. That's the other thing too. Like niggas found out it was Tevin Campbell, and it just changed the whole dynamic of the movie. Okay. Like, niggas so, like this song. Yeah. Without without anybody googling in the chat, tell me the names of these two songs from uh, Goofy Movie that are the best songs that nobody's ever heard of. I'll wait. Without googling it, I know y'all know the answers. I've never I've never heard these songs before. I'm not gonna lie. But that was just my my quick rant. Like stop lying. Like y'all know y'all like I just can't wait to be king by the homie uh, from ATL. Like stop. Like that's that's y'all's favorite Disney song. Uh, just Jason Ooh. Weaver. Shout out Jason to Jason Weaver. Jason Weaver or <laughs> Aladdin. Those are your favorite Disney songs, not Tevin Campbell. Like, stop lying. Like, it is. Shut Jeff over here lying. Shut up. She ain't never seen that shit. She ain't got cable. Anywho, and she's an old white woman. Damn. You know what? Shout out to Jeff Coin now. Ask a, Ask Adolphus what his original screen name was. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know what, dog? <laughs> oh, no. This made us sick, man. Yeah, I told you, the savage. Since we're sticking on music real quick, uh, the rapper Fat Joe had a had this probably nigga. this. Nigga. I need to bring back <laughs> some sort of uh, version of worst tweets of the week. But Fat Joe with his chest, and I didn't read the article. I don't. I don't care about the context because, like this, this headline was enough for me just to be like, I'm done. Fat Joe said he crowns DJ Khaled. The Quincy Jones of hip hop. Let that I'm let that settle in for a little bit. Let that let y'all let that breathe again. All right, DJ Khaled is the Quincy Jones of hip hop. Yeah. So I know a lot of people are young, like KJ. You know, what I'm saying y'all don't know the greatness of uh, Quincy Delight Jones. But do your Googles. Like, there's a great Netflix documentary on Quincy Jones called Quincy. I highly recommend you watch it. Like, that man is the GOAT. Like, everybody talks about verses. Like, oh, nobody would beat Kanye. Nobody would beat Pharrell. Nobody's beating the final boss, Quincy Jones. It's not happening. It's a rap. It's Benskis. Don't even try. Don't pull up. He Like, Nicki Minaj says all these, these bitches is her sons. Like, everybody is Quincy Jones' child. Even though Quincy Jones has, like, probably one of the worst albums I've ever heard, but I'll give him a pass on that. Mr. Savage knows what I'm talking about. That back on the block bullshit. That shit is terrible. <laughs> that shit is garbage. Nah, now wait a minute. Now, is it as no, bad no. as that? Um, what was his name? What was his name? The light skinned dude that was the uh gang banging. Oh, gang banging. that was terrible too. That was right there. But I don't know if that was on an album though. Like that quick like that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. It's supposed to be a legend. It's supposed to be a legend, man. Hey. <laughs> not the dance. Bro, not the dance. <laughs> that sounds like a remix of like uh my girl. Like, why does it sound like a my girl sample to gang banging? Like that shit is ass. Like Smokey. You know what I'm saying? Smokey's a legend too, but yeah, you can't do that. That's how bad look. Either way, either way, it's time to bring back uh, gatekeeping in black music because this is getting ridiculous. Yes, cause y'all let Fat Joe say nigga on here in Puerto Rico. Oh no, no, no! They let DJ Khaled out here say nigga like DJ Khaled was saying nigga for a good minute. For he was saying nigga hard. Wow, yeah, yeah. let the outsiders into nigga shit and look what we got. Like it's the worst. 
how is this possible that non-black people are crowning someone the Quincy Jones of rap of hip hop? Like, how is that possible? How is like, that? Po- me, my whole thing is like DJ Khaled. In my opinion, like DJ Khaled is not even putting together like amazing Whack. combinations of artists. It's just literally Whack. like yo, you hot, you hot, you on top, you Whack. you on Billboard, you on Billboard. Hey, I got this beat that I, that I dubbed from a two thousands uh, hit hit Trash. song. <laughs> <laughs> can you Trash. sing on it? Can you rap I'm on it? Can I stream DJ Khaled on it? He, he basically mean, took the violator concept and just ran with it. Like that's what remember in the like late nineties, early two thousands. That's what they were doing. They kind of just put random artists together with hot producers and put out hot tracks. And he just took that and kept it rolling. Does DJ Khaled have a better album than Compton by Dr. Dre? Does he have anything better than that? I think Kiss the Ring, which was like 2012, that's like peak DJ Khaled. Like you're not gonna get anything better than that. And what he's trying to do, like putting major artists together on these songs. Like I think that was the last time I listened to a complete DJ Khaled album, and I was like, oh wow, this was actually good. Like it, everything made sense. It wasn't like I'm throwing you on here because you're the hottest artist right now, and you're the hottest artist, and I'm just gonna make these songs go together. It was like no. I'm gonna put like he has a song on Kiss the Ring with uh it's Kendrick, J. Cole, and um Big, Big Crit. Yeah, like that was I mean, technically those were like the hottest well, not even that. They were not the hottest artists in 2012. Yeah, not yeah, like so just like to even think about putting them together in like the productions, like, come on. Yeah. I don't know. DJ Khaled is just lazy and he just has a lot of money behind him and yeah, he well, knows the that Quincy Jones would have been crying because Tyler Creator got like a number one, uh, the number one billing the week his album came out over, you know, what I'm saying DJ Khaled. So stop. Like I don't even know what that means. Like I don't, I don't. I'm very Did you a number one. I mean, it, it it means something to to the artists and to the labels and stuff to the like label, that. Like, you, yeah. It means something. Negotiation. That's time why he from. dropped his album last. I mean, he dropped his album on a week where nobody dropped. Because he learned his mistake from the Tyler the Creator thing, he would have he would have never fought, fired off this past weekend with J Cole and a Nicki Minaj uh, a Nicki Minaj relaunch. <laughs> yeah, definitely a shout to Nicki. Uh, yeah, uh, real quick, I know sidebar. I know you saw. Did you see an article about what they were saying that uh, features were being charged for artists? Dribbles, you I, see that? I did not see that. What, what, All right, what was the so there was an article that came out. And they were saying like the baby commanded like 300k for a feature. They said little baby demanded 100k for a feature, and they said Nicki Minaj is like 250k. And I was like, hmm, something seems a bit off on this, right? So the page that tweeted out was Hip Hop by Numbers, and they deleted it. So I started googling it, and I found the same article with the same information on XXL.com, except it went from 250k for Nicki to 500k verse for Nikki. So I was like, that that sounds that sounds about right. So I did also get an argument with the guy that say he would rather have the baby on his album to pay for verse versus Nicki Minaj. I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. But that's neither here nor there. Shout out to Nicki Minaj. Uh getting beat me up, Scotty put on stream platforms on title. Good, good stuff. Good stuff happening. People need to see, people need to put a little bit more respect on Nicki Minaj's name and on her bars. Like people just kind of they always go back yeah. to the starships and the pop stuff, and they ignore 
the first five songs on the the re- relaunch of Beat Me Up Scotty. Like she was rapping her ass off and there's no there's no denying her talent and abilities. Like at this point, if you say that Nicki Minaj isn't a great rapper and a and a borderline all timer, then you just you're not listening. That's all I can say. About Absolutely. And and this is coming from like a like a real former Nicki Minaj hater. Like I think revisiting <laughs> revisiting that mixtape, like you you gotta put respect on it. And even even if like you like the new girls that are out now, like it'll never be another Nicki Minaj. It'll no. never be another Nicki Minaj. Like, and I, I like as far as delivery, I put Nicki like up there with the boys, um, because she up uh, because how of how she can switch her flow up. So just like hearing that, hearing her old shit today, and knowing like she could still present like in my opinion better than what that was. Like, nah, you gotta you gotta put a little respect on Nicki name. So if you if you if you are a former hater like me, it, it's time to let that shit go. Like. You know, it's still a little Kim over Nikki, but Nikki definitely deserves everything that I think she's gonna get. Um, I think she may actually get a, get number one, get a track or something number one. That would be that'd be pretty crazy with uh, J Cole dropping. And like, I if I had Twitter, I would have tweeted this. But I think a while ago I was talking about like if you could if you had to draft any artist, any rapper right now, like who would you take between Nicki Minaj and Drake? I'm taking Nikki. Nikki's the most versatile rapper. Arguably ever. Oh, no. Whoa, let's talk. Can, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Right there. It ain't she no way do. you're taking her over Drake. Go ahead and take that. This is yes. me, the official member of Aubrey's Angels. We already know Drake is a godsend. Six, 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 God's six, 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 gift to America and Canada, the whole continent of North America. He's the best ever. I seen somebody tweet out a stupid picture of J. Cole who put up what three, two, and two today. And they had like him with one ball of Kendrick Lamar on fire and the other ball of J. Cole behind his back simultaneously slam dunking two people. And it's like, bro, why are y'all so disrespectful and hate Drake so much? Like, I know that we tease people like Gift Queen for being light skinned and the rest of the light skinned Avengers. But Drake is light skinned. Get over it. You know, it's not his fault. The dude can wrap his behind off. You're not taking no artist right now, in the past, in the future, ever over Drake. Let's go ahead and say that now. Okay, here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that Drake can't rap. I'm not saying that Drake isn't great. I am saying that when it comes to versatility, when it comes to being able to do different genres at an elite level, like Nicki Minaj can do the R&B stuff. She can do the hardcore mixtape rapping. She can do some storytelling. She can put an album together. She can do dancehall. She can do EDM. She can do pop. She can do... She can rap fast. She can rap slow. She can rap on different cadences, different flows. She's and she has never been out rapped or outclassed on a song. She's never been featured on a verse. We were like, "Yo, Nicki Minaj should have set that one out." It's never happened before. And I'm not. This is no disrespect to Drake or anything. It was just a conversation I was just having. But like, if I had to pick one, and, and, and if I'm like a label or a company, and they're like, "Hey, you can either sign Drake or J Cole or Drake or N- Nicki Minaj. Who do you want?" I'm looking at Nicki Minaj. I'm like, hey, I can dominate the pop world. I can dominate the EEM world. I can dominate the rap world. I can dominate the R&B world. And she can do movies and TV shows. Like, I can do a lot more with Nicki Minaj than I can with Drake. Not saying that Drake is trash. Not saying that he can't do certain things. Because I'm sure, I'm sure, like, right now, with Drake spending so much time with Damson Idris, like, I'm sure he's developed a pretty strong British accent. 
So I'm pretty sure his next, you know, album is gonna have a lot of in it and bros in it, and okay. let's eat some toast and beans for breakfast and all that Drake stuff. So is the first, that's cool. He's the first rapper to ever the, the, to cross over into acting. The first reggaeton. All right, man. Reggaeton. African drum music. He even he's even on some tracks speaking Spanish. Uh, he raps in French. American, Japanese, he's worldwide. Oh, he's seen, you're, you're, he's the first Negro I've ever seen to wear a skull cap with teardrops. Three, he's okay. the greatest. Yeah, I, I'm taking Nicki Minaj, man, because maybe one day they'll count like OnlyFans streams as like I'm saying. She, <laughs> she would do like Jordan numbers if that was the case. Sorry, uh, Drake, you're not you're not doing that, bro. But yeah, man, don't disrespect Nicki. You know, definitely hold it down. Uh, I don't even know how we got to this point. Um, oh, real quick, hot, hot take with J. Cole. So I know like every shit, every quarter, Twitter drops the infamous uh, picture of J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar about to drop an album. Like, oh yeah, man, it's about to release. This will go crazy. I've always said that I don't think it would sound as good as people think it would. But <clears throat> what I do think is that J. Cole being the producer, and I'm pretty sure he engineers probably too, I feel like he's putting that to waste because if he actually wanted to do like secret projects without the fear of them being like leaked, he could do that because he controls everything. Right. So I think he is doing us a disservice by not dropping more projects with collabs because he could do it without the fear of an engineer leaking the tracks. So J Cole, you need to get on your grind, give, give the people some, some legendary collabs. Stop being lazy dog. But anywho, what the heck? All right. But yeah, anywho, uh, so we have Tribbles on, and I, I wanted to have her on because me and her, we, we share an affinity for a certain podcast that has been manipulating the culture as of lately, to the point where Marcus even said that this content made it all the way to the Dan Levitard show, which is one place I didn't think this podcast would reach. But this shows uh, the greatness of Jersey City's finest one, Joseph Button. So oh, everybody- oh, pump it up. Yes, the go shout to just play Patrick from the house. None of the Jersey legend, but yeah, Joe Button is he is running the culture right now. Love him, hate him, thinks he molests dogs or whatever. It is what it is, but he he is the the man of the hour. So the latest, and here goes Jeff. Fuck Joe Button. Okay, anyways, so he's light skinned. You need to band together, him, Jeff. So the most recent action is there's been a bit of tension between Joe and his co-hosts on the podcast. Um, the quick uh, Cliff Notes version, he asked one member to take some time off. And then in solidarity, the other member's like, I also will take time off. There was about a six-week stretch where they had some scabs fill in. Numbers didn't dip. They came back on and had what seemed to be like a come-to-Jesus moment. Uh, kumbaya, everybody, you know, broke bread, talked together, allegedly squashed issues, put everything on the floor. They went on a vacation. They came back. And the two disgruntled members did not return. And then Mr. Button released a podcast that he took down very quickly after he said some, I wouldn't say problematic things, but essentially he fired both the, the, the gentlemen on, on the spot in the podcast. Gentlemen that he has known for a number of years, gotten money with together, all kinds of things. And like, Say what you want. Like I said, shout to Rev. She doesn't really fuck with Joe Button either. 
The dude is entertaining. He's he's very smart. He might be an evil genius. Like he definitely knows how to command attention. He's hilarious. And he definitely gives a good insight on like the industry as far as podcasting and things that go behind the scenes. So if this is something that you're in, into, you should definitely listen to him. He definitely gives a lot of jewels. So, but again, this issue is kind of almost like Falcon Twitter was divided with Matt Ryan haters and people that want to move on from Matt Ryan. And uh, as you can see, my name is the Joe Button Apologist. Uh, I listened to his podcast multiple times. Worry them all, release a response. I listened to that multiple times. And uh, I just want to get Triple's perspective on this whole situation. Um, again, this is fascinating to me. Like, I don't know if it's just the drama, but it's just like you see something working so well and you you think everybody's good to go, everybody's friends, and then they just have this, this public blow up. And it's almost sad, but typical American, I like to see a train wreck. I need to be entertained. Keep it going. Tribbles, what do you got? Um, so most people will be surprised. Like, I'm not anti-Joe Button in this situation. Let me start off by saying, like, the whole initial firing Rory over the, the clips that went over was all over the internet. Like, that whole podcast was nasty. Like the delivery, like calling out mall and the laundry detergent and <laughs> everything was nasty, but underneath all of that nastiness, like I heard a lot of truth, you know, and I felt kind of bad initially because I was just like, you know, I agree with Joe because I'm like, I haven't heard the other side. And then Rory and Mal dropped the uh, response for $2. I paid $2 using my little PayPal account. And I watched the hour long video. And the only thing I kept saying was like, I didn't pay. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I like it. Like Rory tweeted it like one minute ago and I was like, oh, purchase $2. Okay. But just watching it, like, I agreed with Maul a lot, a lot of the situation. If again, if it's the truth, like because we heard two separate stories, both of them sound true. You know, they both sound truthful. So for those who are listening, like Joe's whole thing is like, yo, you haven't contributed, or you, you know, outside of being talent, you haven't contributed. You haven't put back money for the LLC. You haven't put money for sound and production. Like you're not doing anything for ad shares. And then on the other side of the coin, Maul and Rory are basically saying like, hey, we have a profit split. Like we get a certain percentage of the money that the Joe Button podcast brings in. And we want to see how much money does the Joe Button podcast brings in, you know? And they kept reiterating, uh, Rory and Mal just kept reiterating, like, it's not about the money. It's not about the money. It's not about the money. Mm. And I just, I'm just trying to figure out what is it about? Because like, you're saying that you are decently compensated. It was never really about the compensation. Joe is claiming that he overcompensated you. And yet you sat on a rebuttal podcast and basically spoke for over an hour talking about accounting and splits. So is it about money or is it not about money? And it's, and it's more of a pride thing because they keep, you know, you men love to use this pride word. Like it's a pride thing. Well, what is the, what, what are we having our pride in? Like, I think that's, where the confusion is to kind of like, I don't know, pick, pick quote unquote your side. But when I look at it on its own, I'm just, I'm looking at it, at it like, I watched three niggas sit on a show and drag Megan the Stallion for filth because she didn't read her contract. And now, less than six months later, seven months later, I'm supposed to have some sympathy for Rory and Mal because Joe quote unquote dicked them in some shit that they signed? I'm on Joe's side, it's not my fault. 
<laughs> it's not my fault you didn't read your contract and didn't understand and, and, and didn't understand it. Like, is it fucked up business? Absolutely. But you told me you read everything. You you dragged a black woman for filth for damn near an hour a couple months ago, and I watched it for the same shit that you want me to feel some sympathy for. I'm not I'm not buying it. And 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 at the end of the day, it's Joe Button's podcast. Joe Button started it. From from my interpretation, it wasn't Rory or Miles' money that got the shit to be a legal thing or an app, you know, a, a business venture. It wasn't their money behind it. So Joe has the right to do what he did. It just was a very nasty way to go about it. Like I think it was. Even even if we even if we're having a business falling out, like if I considered you my friend and he referred to those boys as brothers and his you know his guys, like I don't expose them like that to millions and millions of listeners all over the world. And and a lot and like you said, a lot of people joined in these last two weeks that have never listened to the Joe Button podcast. And for you to put your boys out there on front street, like that's when I look nasty at you. Not necessarily the business doings, but adding the unnecessary shit about the academics and Rory situation or you housing mall for a couple of weeks or whatever the case was with that. Like, but other than that, the business side of it, Joe Button's not wrong. And the people that say Joe Button are wrong, don't like Joe Button. And so literally it's nothing that he can do to make them like him anyway. So that's that. So Mark jumps in. Um, I've said this before, and I, this is not original thought, but whenever they say it's not about the money, it is 100% about the money. Marcus, go. Well, I was going to say, uh, Joe Budden's a pretty polarizing figure. Like, a lot of people have strong opinions on him. There's really not a lot of people that are indifferent on him. Either you you, you consume his content or you hate him. It's either one or the other. Um, I watched uh, his like the his podcast and then Rory Mall's response and, like, well, actually, I watched the one they did before that when all three of them came back and kind of talked about it. And there was a part where, and I talked about this last time, where Maul was upset that Joe said that, you know, the podcast is none of his business. And then Joe was like, well, what does your contract say? And I was like, that part was very telling to me where it's like, yo, what did you sign? Like, it seems like you guys didn't look at the paperwork or understand what was going on. And then when you asked to see it, it was like, yeah, y'all ain't signed none of this stuff. This is not your business. This is the Joe Budden podcast. He has shown that he can be successful without you. He's done it multiple times. Like people will say like he burns a lot of bridges and he messes up a lot of deals, but he went from like, he did Def Jam, um, the groupie uh, slaughterhouse uh, complex, his podcast, Joe Budden TV, um, the pull up, love, like, love and hip hop. And now, you know, the Spotify deal, now Patreon. So there's a lot of things that Joe Budden has done successfully. Yeah, and, he will and he continued to show that he could be successful without Rory and Maul. And I'm not saying that they don't have any value, but the value is in Joe Budden and what Joe Budden says. Joe Budden is the one that goes viral for his takes. The only time those two have gone viral for their takes is when Maul went at Tory Lanez. That's the only time those two guys went viral individually. And from even from here on out, I don't know if he's going to continue to do the podcast. I feel like yeah, he, he, had, he had an episode, a three-hour episode out today. Yeah, so he's going to do the podcast. The podcast will probably continue to do the same numbers that it did. Uh, did, did, he, did he do it by himself, or is he? Right, he did. Uh, he had Ish and Ice. He actually apologized, Rory, on today's podcast. And okay, so Ooh, I, I mean, need to listen to that. He, he'll he'll <laughs> add. He'll add on too. It's like three hours. I didn't finish it yet, but yeah, he'll he'll add those two guys. He might he might change it and add some other people later down the line. But even after this, he's going to like. If I'm a company, if I'm a corporation, 
yeah, I want Joe Budden on my platform doing what he does, whatever it is, whether it be interviewing people. Because I, I that that's what I actually like about him. I like his interviews because he doesn't really sugarcoat. He's not really like the industry. He's not uh, like Zane Lowe. Like Zane Lowe is just terrible. He just he just asks questions that the label label sends him. He'll he, he's I mean he's essentially like a fan. Like he's not asking any hard hitting questions. He doesn't like he's not trying to get in deep with these people. Joe Bunn is a really good interviewer for like hip hop culture and rappers. And I wish he would interview more people. So if I'm, you know, whatever, BET, MTV, Twitter, I'm giving Joe Budden a show like I'm going to do that. Now, if I'm uh, I now what I want to work for Joe Budden, probably not. I Hell don't want to no. do that. Hell no. <laughs> but I would I would want Joe Budden working for me, bringing views to my station, to my TV show, to my podcast, to whatever. Because that's what he does. He's one of the most influential voices in the culture. Like, it's him. And, like, I, like Charlemagne is obviously up there, but I think he's useless. Like, I, I don't think he said anything that really matters. A couple weeks ago, I stopped. I kind of stopped listening to his content. Like, Joe Budden kind of took over. Once he got from Spotify, took a break, so I wasn't downloading that shit. But once he came back to, like, Apple Podcasts like that, I was back on it. But you made a point that you wouldn't want to work for uh, Joe Budden. One thing I found funny, and you asked in the, the group chat, is, like, yo, does Parks always talk this much? And I feel like he talks kind of nervously, just, like, just to say shit, yeah. but he, he clearly is there because Joe Budden is making him rich, and there's there's no shame in that. You know what I'm saying? Like Joe Budden is job creator; he puts money in people's pockets. I get it. Sometimes he could be an asshole, but a lot of our bosses are assholes for the most part. But they're not making us a lot of money like that. We're we're getting treated like shit for for pennies. They're allegedly getting paid thousands, maybe a mil, millions Someone's of dollars. Someone said, someone said Mog gets paid like $50,000 a week just to say, wow, that's crazy. I was like, yeah, I did. He said every two eps. I was like, shit, I can do that. I can easily do that. Well, Joe, when, when Joe responded to the Rory and Mal's podcast, he was basically saying like the money that they were, that he was breaking down to split with them. It was because of like his Patreon deal. It was his pull-up money coming in there. It was his money from Love and Hip Hop. And I'm just like, Roy and Mal are not attached to any of those. Like, you know, Joe Button signed that deal with Patreon, not the podcast. It's a Joe Button thing. You know, so it's just like also again, it goes back to the point, like, yes, you are benefiting, yes, you are contributing, like, cause we're not gonna act like Maul and Rory as little or as much as they give to the show, like that they don't drive in some, you know, drive in some viewers and some viewers are gonna fall off. But it's just like, again, the money thing, where are you, where are you making it known that like, you are really about this podcast? You know what I'm saying? And like, they may actually, cause they, they kept saying on their podcast, well, on their show response was like, oh, we don't want to be this type of talent and all of this type of thing. And it's just like, again, then why are we crying about the money? If you just want to sit on your podcast and talk, take the money that you're getting to sit there and talk. Because like you said, it's way it's way more money than we're getting paid. You know, like um, I think Joe Button said that the initial title deal was going to be like $40,000 a month um, for the podcast. So like splitting that down, you're not making, I mean, you're making, that's way, again, way much more money than we're making a pot, but that's not a lot of money. <laughs> so how are you getting these six figure, you know, checks or these large chunks of checks if somebody's not buying into the co- corporation and it has to be Joe Button or someone directly close to Joe Button is passing him the money to do it under Joe Button's name. 
That's all I'm saying. So one thing that I noticed across the board, uh, Miss Savage, you got something to say? Yeah, but I'll let you go first. So one thing I noticed across the board through all the rebuttals and podcasts is they all generally looked hurt. Like they looked like they were like, there's definitely emotions. You could tell that they're close. And throughout both, they went out of their way not to like slander each other. I know Maul got a little heated because he thought that Joe was defamating his character. I don't know if that's the word. Um, but yeah, they all looked like like it, it they're really upset, like there's some real miscommunication. And uh that that caught my attention. Uh what else caught my attention? Yeah, I feel like they're probably still friends, but I think the whole business aspect is over for them. I mean, for what it's worth. And shout out to uh Rory and Maul. After being uh, after under the threat of being sued if they started another podcast, I think that's in their contract. Uh, when they released their rebuttal, it was labeled as a TV series. So that was that was some smart work by their legal team. Even though Joe came back and said he wasn't he wasn't really going to sue them. And I think another part that we missed with this is that a lot of this is also entertainment. I get there's real emotions involved, but people Americans love drama. I don't know how it is in other countries, but we love drama. So he might have been jazzing some of the things up for entertainment purposes. And like Marcus said, if you can do that and bring people to the platform who are not really pro Joe Budden or they have no pimp Joe Budden at all, now that's the hot thing. Again, it made it to the Dan Levitard show. You know what I'm saying? It's been like the, the biggest story in media the last week or so. And some people are like, oh, who's Joe? Worry about who are these people? It's like the whole FOMO thing. So there is value to that. One thing I also noticed is I, I feel like that Joe really didn't like Rory like at all. Like he really was going hard on him. Again, he apologized today. But uh, I, I guess I took a couple of notes. I'm just run through them real quick from the Rory Maul response. Uh, what stuck out? So one thing is you were talking about the business aspect, right? And you're like, yo, if, if it's not, you know, what is this about? And one thing that was telling to me is that Rory Maul emphasized like, hey, these are splits. We need the contracts to see uh, what the numbers are, see if we're being paid correctly, whatever. It's not a big deal. And I guess Rory is trying to push back on the narrative that Joe was saying that he felt disrespected because he wanted them to be audited. But they were saying that Joe was the one that brought up the word audit. And then Maul's like, yo, if I have to audit my homeboy, I don't want to do this. But my issue with that is if you're cool with every other like legal proceedings and professionalism as far as accounting and lawyers, then auditing shouldn't have been that big of a deal. Like if, if you want to know the numbers, like this is this happens in business. If you if you truly want to know what the books are, audit them, I guess. I mean, if he feels disrespected by that, that's on him. But I mean, it seems like there is some things that aren't being put out there, but I don't know. I, it's again. They say this is not their truth. They say this is the truth. I can see Joe Budden being a bit of a maniac. We see it in his his, his presentation himself. But I mean that that comes with it. You know what I'm saying? Like every, you know what what genius isn't crazy. We see it all the time. And I think it's one of those things where maybe they didn't want to just deal with it anymore. So, but uh, I think everybody had good points. Everybody so, had good points. I had a couple things like um. Of course, I, I viewed this and I just really started to think about like, you know, just a lot of things that goes on with podcasting uh, on the scene and behind the scenes. And I mean, like we've been podcasting for a while. We've had our own transgressions, you know, in, in case people didn't know. 
And it's truly hard sometimes to even just manage different personalities. I mean, and then if you throw money on top of it where you can look at it like, okay, well, the the one person, the bigger person is the star of the show, their names on the show, they make the most, but I still contribute. I maybe feel like the pie should be distributed, you know, 30-30-30 or however the case may be. Whereas it, it could just be a little bit different. Like it, it could be kind of hard to do things and then you can have people coming in your ear from an outside perspective. And I'll go ahead and shed a little bit of realism in here. Me and a certain party within this podcast had a bit of an issue that it was petty on both sides. And we were younger during the time. And since then we've made up and I'm not going to say who it was. It doesn't really matter. But, you know, some things were said and feelings were kind of hurt and some other people were involved. And then the next thing you know, you're getting DMs and, oh, well, what side is this or what side is that? Or, well, you know what? I like this better with this and this and this and this. And you can let people fill your head up with certain things. And then it actually does cause you to divide. For me personally, I was the person that chose if you follow this podcast the entire time. I chose to leave for a certain amount of time. And during that time, you know, I had people that were saying, oh, you should start your own thing. You do this and do that. And throughout that process, I really had to look back and say, I could probably hold my own and do it, but it's not as easy as what people think. Like when you have a team and you within that team, you're going to have your person that's going to be more consistent. You're going to have your person that's better at doing this content are better at doing that content. And it, it all just works better when it meshes well. So I get where things can go. Like, I mean, we've seen a lot of podcasts, just us as a group with people who they'll have a podcast for three weeks. They'll never be you know, heard from again, or they'll do a year and they're just gone, you know, and after a while you got to unsubscribe for them. So it's definitely kind of crazy, but I feel what Joe is saying to an extent. I mean, he is the bigger star. Um, but I can kind of feel where, where Rory and, and Maul are coming from, too. But I just wanted to kind of put our own little perspective and little twist on it. You know, this podcasting game ain't easy. You know, I mean, there's it's a lot that goes into it, a lot of responsibility behind it. And then you add, you know, was it $40 million on top of that? Like, that's a lot of that's a lot of money to, to go into something like when I guess when Rory and Maul got involved, it wasn't. It wasn't what it is now. They weren't getting like crazy money like that before. So it's just like you 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 start from going from something that you just did as friends and just as like whatever we're just out there just hanging out doing what we normally do to now it's like a multi-million dollar business to where now you have to like pay people, pay cameramen, pay engineers, pay lawyers, insurance fees, all these things, all these major million dollar deals. And it's almost like they were just working off of good faith, I guess. Like, and, I don't know, and as as the viewers, like, how much of that are we supposed to be dealing with? Like, why do we have to deal with that gripe of you doing poor business? Like, as we watched you over the years, because Megan wasn't the only artist. Like, we watched people for years, Joe Button included, like, talk about contracts, and now we are supposed to feel some type of way because you essentially in your words, got fucked over in, a, in something that you signed? <laughs> I mean, like, every, everybody sounds right. Like, when I listened to Joe Budden's part, I was like, 
okay, I see what he's talking about. He's got some points here. And I listened to Warrior Maul's response. I was like, okay, I get what they're talking about. It, it makes sense. And I just feel like, you know, the listeners and the fans of the show, they're really not ever going to know the 100% full truth because they're never, it doesn't seem like they're ever going to podcast again. They're never going to have this conversation, at least in public again. I kind of, I kind of hope they don't. I'm kind of, I think I'm over it. I think I'm ready to, to move on from this. Like if they go out and do their own podcast separately, I think that's, that's fine. And I think Joe will continue to do what Joe does, but I don't need another response podcast video. Like I don't, I'm, I'm yeah. They, I'm they were done. They're like, yeah, we're, we're yeah. done with this. So, but yeah, I mean, again, I know uh, in the grand scheme of things, none of this really matters, but it's it's interesting. I think, again, from, I guess, from the uh, aspect of just nonsense, it doesn't matter. But there was a lot to be learned as far as, like, business and managing people and just the type of stuff that goes into making a podcast successful. So there's definitely some gems you can pick up. But, I mean, hopefully they get through it, man. It's it's definitely you can tell they, they cared about each other. Um, but, yeah. Definitely everybody had their, their sides to the story. So, uh, <clears throat> anywho, before we wrap, unless I miss something, I feel like I'm missing something. We're wrapping already? God damn. Well, like I, hey, just got back. I just got back. <laughs> we, we, I just got back. Y'all can't I got to do it in a little while, but um, <laughs> I'm, 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 I feel like something else happened that I'm missing. The mask off, mask off. That's something. Oh yeah, so COVID is over apparently. Like uh, <laughs> it's just it's just done. Uh, no more mask. Shout to future mask off. That song yeah, should be number, that should be yeah. charting number one in all the the white clubs and establishments because they've been with the with the Kendrick with the Kendrick Lamar verse though with the Kendrick yeah, Lamar yeah. verse because he, he mentions Prince is in his hair. You know, God, I'm I I love Kendrick Lamar, but that was. Probably the worst, like bar. You can see the ad lib. He said, "What he said? I, I am Prince." I'm like, bro, come on, dog. <laughs> I like Kendrick, dog. Come on, dog. Kendrick, drop some music, please, sir. Please, please, please. yes, please and thank you. But yeah, so man, are you guys vaccinated? Like, since oh I mean, yeah, yeah. Over? yeah, I've been. What gang, Galen? I'm a dirty gang. I've been there. Oh, I get I get my last one tomorrow actually. Wow. Ooh, I'm okay. Shame. 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 I'm big <laughs> Pfizer gang. I got, you know, I got uh got my second shot last week, so I'll be fully vaccinated next Friday. You know, you gotta wait two weeks after, you know, for those who are still getting shots, two weeks after your second shot, you are completely vaccinated, not when they stick you. Mr. Savage. I, I'm definitely not vaccinated. Wow. Ooh, shame. shame on you. I'm a nigga to the yeah. fullest, to the core. Are you, are you still wearing a mask then since the CDC? Yeah, I wear a mask all the time. I'm going to wear a mask forever. I'm just going to be Michael Jackson from here on out with the mask. Michael Jackson, the visionary. So yeah. I, hope they, uh, I hope they still normalize wearing masks in this country. I know in other countries, like some Asian countries, they like when you're feeling sick, you wear a mask. You're not coughing on everybody and shit like that. So, But I feel like with America, how masks have already been politicized and polarized, that people are going to like look at you crazy if you're wearing a mask. I've seen like, well, I haven't seen them in person, but I have seen like pictures on the internet where some establishments have like a sign that says you will not be served or allowed in here if you are wearing a mask. So it's like, mm -hmm. what? <laughs> what are we doing? Like, it's not yeah, that's, that's backwards. 
And I just I, I want to clear it real quick. I'm not saying like I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm gonna get the vaccination. My only real worry is it is still kind of soon, and I really am putting a big emphasis on trying to have a kid here soon. And I don't want nothing coming in the way of me and having a kid. After I have a kid, whatever, I can get shot five times. I don't care. It is what it is. But procreate, and then, hey, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm Well, lucky for you, modern medicine cares about men and not women. So I think that (laughs) – I don't want to use the word excuse as a negative thing because you have your reasons. But that excuse – if I hear women saying that, that makes a lot more sense. But the fact that – Men are the are the reason why we have most medicines. I'm pretty sure you can still have a kid, and if you get any shots, so yeah, I I just uh, like I said, normalize it. I mean, I'm probably still going to keep a mask in my car. I um, mean, you know, I've seen people on Twitter realize how like much healthier they've been wearing masks. Like I saw a guy I was like, yeah, I've been running around without my mask and I got sick. I mean, it makes sense. Like it's this is not like a novel thing. Like just. If you're feeling well, first of all, if you're feeling sick, stay home. But I mean, again, Corona is not—it's not over. Just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean the the virus just disappeared. You know what I'm saying? There's going to be flare-ups. So I hope that people still stay vigilant. I guess so. But um, let's see. Keep washing your hands too. Like I know yeah. washing your hands was pretty big here. Let's and wash your legs that. too. Let's let's keep doing that. I feel like we're talking to a certain group of people, but let's keep washing <laughs> our hands and. Washing our whole bodies in the shower, you know. Let's do that. Take the body brush or the rag all the way down the body, the not just down. the soap suds running. You got you know, to Oh yeah, I'm because, with Chan because uh, yeah, I like wearing yeah, masks. yeah. That's the best part of the mask. Like no one knows if one takes a mad. I went to Nappy Chef earlier, which you know, sister child. Have you been there? Have not been a nappy chef, but I know it's black owned. Shout out to black owned. It is it's it, today five out of five. They they busting. And I thought I seen a woman that I know, and I was like, man, I'm over here looking kind of raggedy. You know, I got my busted up gray sweats. It has a hole in it. My shoes kind of leaning a little bit. And I was like, thank God I got this mask and some shades on. Some good girl. I have a hat pulled low. So you know, I, I I love the mask definitely. So you can't recognize me in public at all. Being a bomber. Yeah, I can't wait to get some AirPods so I can throw on some AirPods, wear a mask, and wear some sunglasses. Please don't talk to me. Just don't. don't talk to me either. Please don't talk to me. <laughs> don't ask me nothing. I don't want to donate nothing. I don't want to buy nothing. Just leave me be. Or just start Thank coughing. You. you know, hopefully that lets you as well. Um, uh, song. Well, actually, real quick, there was like a Falcons hoax. We always got to bring up the Falcons at least one time in this podcast, but I guess a gentleman received a DM that he was being brought in for a trial. Oh, that. Oh. Went to the facility and uh, his key card did not work, and he was mad, embarrassed. Uh, uh, I, I, I haven't heard the Falcons great. say anything. Hey, I don't think the Falcons have said anything, but I'm gonna play devil's advocate. Like, I feel like that's a great way to get free pub. Like, hey, man. Because you're not going to ever prove if he was actually really scanned or not. You said a 404 number hit him up saying it was the defense coordinator. Like, yeah. So, I mean, if you're trying to get some buzz and get your name out there, like, hey, I'm a free safety. Hey, look at my my Twitter page doing workouts. I feel like in this day and age, I wouldn't put it past him. You know what I'm saying? If this is your dream to make to the NFL, I wouldn't pass him being a scammer. But 
Hopefully he didn't do that because that's mad embarrassing, but it drove uh, views to his page. So I checked it out. I read the story. So, but you know, I'm just, I'm cynical, but it is what it is. I'd like to say something else. Speaking of Atlanta, I actually have four tickets to Erica Badu's concert uh, down there at Phillips arena. Um, you know, if, if, if any of our listeners want to, you know, get a free ticket, hit your boy up. You know what I'm saying? I'll give you a ticket for free. I was going to say, I mean, you're all about the whole procreation thing. I feel like that's a great concert to. It, it could be male or female, and I'm not trying to procreate, <laughs> but uh, unless it's Jeff, but you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> all right. Well, maybe uh, that'll, be, that'll be a good date to take Jeff out on, though. Like, no, I'm not trying to. Take her out. She has uh, no okay. No. Er, er, uh, Gif, Gif doesn't know anything no about she doesn't know anything about neo soul, so she oh. you, you can educate her on that stuff on your culture, black music that she is not black. And as far as song of the week, uh, yes, yes, I'm gonna go ahead and say <laughs> this year I really wanted to challenge myself to listen to new artists, and you know what, Moneybag Yo is just he is in his bag, man. I just I, I absolutely love Moneybag Yo now. Uh, Wakisha, definitely the song of the year. He did a better job on it than Biggie, in my opinion. Like, I, I like the intro with Lil Wayne. That song is fire as fuck. Like, it's it's huge on TikTok. I've just gotten into TikTok myself. I love the app. I know I'm old and probably shouldn't be on there, but it's a great app for finding shit out around the city. That's how I found out about What the Fries and Nappy Chef. But uh, yeah, Wakisha by Moneybag Yo. Is definitely a vibe. Pull you up something if you don't drink like that. Um, go to go to your local 7-Eleven. Get the wild berry, um, minute made, and pour it up in a double cup and pretend like you're sipping up. You know what I'm saying? Hashtag fake it till you make it. Uh, Marcus, what is your song of the week? Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, "Can't Decide" by Mani from his album called Limbo. Uh, listen to that song, and then when you're done, immediately go listen to Pride is the Devil from uh, Jay Colton and, and Lil Baby. Very familiar. Not accusing him. Great, great, great Lil Baby versus Yeah, not accusing anybody of stealing because it's the same producer, but listen to those two songs back to back. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Syracuse's finest, Stove Guy Cooks has a track with uh, French Montana called Dope. Shout out to Stove Jesus. If you're not initiated, definitely check out A Reasonable Drought. If you like that cocaine rap, uh, he needs to form the Cocaine Avengers with Freddie Gibbs, Pusher T. Uh, who was the other one? Know, somebody else rapped with Griselda. Yeah, well, he does rap with Griselda quite a bit. Shout out he to He raps with like Benny, though. Oh, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Shout out yeah. to Stove God. I, I love Stove God. Stove God is, is that dude, so. Definitely. I'm always here for, for more Stove God. Um, shout he's, going on, he's, opening, he's opening up for Conway this year. Conway's hmm. going on tour and Stove God's going to be opening for him. I might have to check that out if they come to my local city, but Anyway, um, let me. I want. I want to give my. Want to give my song because I always have a song oh, of the week. Um, it just dropped Friday. The new Migos track, Straight in. Wow. This has me excited for Culture Three. 
Um, if you go listen to the song, I, I like the whole song, but if you if you can't take the Migos, specifically go to the last verse, which is Offset. I've played that verse 20 times today. I love, 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 love that song right now. Like That's my favorite song of the week out of all the shit that's come out. I love the little Baby and J. Cole. Um, I love the 21 Savage verse on that J. Cole album. Like I heard a lot of good, a lot of good music this weekend, but it's something about the Migos. I'm, I'm getting old Migos feels. Like I think, I think Culture One may pop out on Culture Three. That's that. I'm, I'm just gonna jump out, jump out and say that. Like Offset, Offset's rapping, rapping. Takeoff always delivers, and we got Quavo making the dumb down hooks. I, I think we're back. I think the. I think we're going back to the old formula and. The boys is gonna be rapping, rapping again. So shout out to the Migos. Yeah, I heard that song. It's a real nice song. I like it, but it's not better than Wakisha. But you know, well, I did add a track. I had tracked my 2021 playlist from T Grizzly's album that featured Quavo, which sounded like, like you said, the the good sounding Migos. So maybe they're they're back. You know, they're they broke off bad relationship. Maybe stopped cheating on his wife, or at least stopped getting caught. You know what I'm saying? So. Maybe the vibes are good, you know. The pandemic got them right, but yeah, man, definitely. That T Grizzly album's pretty cool too. I, I like. I don't really Is like that. Is that the one with Bossa Nova on it? The song with Cash No. Nova? But Bossa Nova was my song of the week like a couple weeks. So I love that song. That's like, a I, that wild shit song. Put randomly on my shit, I was like, "This shit is great." Like I love it. T Grizzly. He T Grizzly told me he was like, "Bring ten bitches because five of them are gonna be ugly and the other three are gonna be ready to fuck." Like it was something wild. <laughs> and I was like, "Mind you, I'm walking. I'm walking. I'm working out." And I'm running through a graveyard. I hear that. I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> yeah, that's a wild song. <laughs> yeah, they 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 spaz on that shit. Shout out to T Grizzly. Shout out to Detroit. Uh, but yeah, that's uh that's all I got. We'll do what uh, J Cole at some point. Want to let it breathe. Want to be the the hot take artist. Like within 30 minutes, I saw people saying one thing. Within another 30 minutes, I saw people saying another thing. I have a wild hater that I know. I'm not going to mention his name, but. He immediately before the album came out said it was trash. I was like, God damn. Wow. It's not, even, it's not even out. It's not even out. But well, yeah, I definitely want to come back for the for the cold for the cold show. I think I think I could speak for a lot of cold fans. I actually know somebody that doesn't like the album and they're like real, real, real big in the cold world scene. So a lot of a lot of his core fans, they didn't like it. But a lot of I think he gained I think he gained some new people, he gained some respect. So it'll be fun to talk about that in a few weeks. Yeah, I feel I like coming. I feel like this can't be it. Like it was the project is very nice. So. This is I thought this was supposed to be a mixtape, but this is listed as an album. So yes, yeah, it, so it, but you know we also are in the yeah, like, dropping an album yeah. two weeks, no. week, so we make it. We, I, I, I okay, we'll we'll talk about it next week. I got I got two things before we wrap. So this this uh this off season that no pun intended, but I've been trying to find uh, a WNBA team to root for. Because I, I did watch uh, the NBA playoffs last year, and I was like, you know what, I, it's time for me to kind of just like commit and decide, like, hey, I'm not just going to be a casual fan. It's time for me to like lock in, pick a team. So I am now a uh, Seattle Storm fan. Uh, that's my team now. They won the championship last year. So if you want to call me a front runner, that's fine. I will. I will. I'll hold that. But that's the team that I root for now. Uh, they have a lot of good players on there. Uh, and also, I'm going to – I don't know how I'm going to get this out there. I'll probably just put it on Instagram or have someone else tweet it for me. But I'm going to attempt to try to get back on Twitter. And I have a list of new names that I would like to the people to vote on because I don't think Marcus Sniffles is ever going to be able to come back. So 
I have one, two, three, four, five choices. I have Marcus the Machine, the artist formerly known as Marcus, Mr. Sniffles, Marcus Six Nine, or Moderna Meat Stick. So if you could, if you guys could just vote on one of those, then I'll be able to pick one and I'll try to get back on Twitter here pretty soon. Okay. Okay. Um, I like Moderna meat stick. <laughs> oh, I I like the one whatever had sixty nine at the end. <laughs> All right, man. Go out of control. Definitely uh, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube. We're we're definitely gonna try to make some moves and you know build the team more. So if you're interested in joining the team, holler at us. Uh, this is KTSE Av. Episode fifty three. We out and uh, peace. Sniffy the gift slayer. (laughs) Every now and again, you might need a little extra mm, in your love life. Spice things up tonight by shopping at adamandeve.com with a vast array of toys, lingerie, and things to keep you coming. Don't forget to use KTSE at the checkout for free gifts to make your night just a little more spicy.